This week in agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA says corn supplies as of June 1st totaled 4.3 billion bushels, 6% more than last year. Of the total, just over 2 billion bushels are stored on farm. Soybean stocks totaling 971 million bushels as of June 1st. That's 26% more year over year. And 331 million bushels are stored on farm, 51% more than a year ago. Old crop wheat supplies total 660 million bushels, down 22% from last year. On-farm stocks are estimated at 93 million bushels, down 34% year over year. USDA says farmers planted 89.9 million acres of corn this year. That's down from 93.3 million last year, but more than the March planting intentions of 89.5 million acres. Soybean acres are pegged at 88.3 million acres, down from the March intentions of 91 million, but it is more than last year's 87.1 million acres. Spring wheat acres are estimated at 10.4 million acres, down from the March planting intentions report of 11.2 million and well below last year's 11.4 million acres. USDA says it does plan to resurvey crop acreage in Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota. Planting was still underway when those June surveys were conducted. The Money Farm market analyst Luke Swenson says the Agriculture Department went through a similar process a couple of years ago. That year we went out and we threw the MFP money at them, which is basically, hey, plant and we'll cover your corn seed. So, I mean, we were incentivized to make really bad decisions there. This year, it was the market that incentivized it. I mean, we were looking at, this is going to be ugly. There's a lot of people both sides of the river, probably a 100-mile stretch wide of the red going north and south. And then all of a sudden, you get to June 5th, and people that 10 days before hadn't planted anything, they're 90%, they're 95%, they're 100%, they're finishing up. Uh, I mean, we were yesterday at the Bushel Conference, we were talking, you know, the growers that all is going to PP 500 acres of beans. And then literally, he said last week, he went out and did it again, you know. So it's, you're still seeing people plant right into June. The markets have rewarded it. Grain markets continue to sell off into the weekend. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says the liquidation pressure continued in the grains. Just a, a, a negative feedback loop that we're in right now. And I think part of this goes back to the acreage base being a question mark because of this special update that's going to maybe come in August. And the other thing that's happening here, Randy, is one of the big leaders to the upside, other than crude oil and other than the uh, soybean oil, has been the Brazilian currency. And it's made a new four-month low against the dollar, and I think that really means a lot. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending June 23rd were marketing year low numbers for corn and soybeans. Corn sales at 89,000 metric tons down 87% from the previous week, 72% below the four-week average. New crop corn sales reported at 119,000 tons. Old crop sales reported at net cancellations of 120,000 metric tons noticeably lower than the previous week and the four-week average. New crop soybean sales reported at 128,000 tons. Net wheat sales reported at 497,000 tons. Demand is one of the reasons for the sell-off. Uh, demand concerns continue. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says Thursday's export sales report was dismal. I'm really concerned that we're deteriorating demand right now. We have had poor export sales for the last few weeks. I mean, today's export sales were horrendous when you look at them. And, and typically, yes, we come into a time period that they're pretty quiet. We do need to see that demand start to perk back up, though, when we talk about that. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Hello, Shane with Irie Insurance. We are proud to announce our Benefits Connect platform. 
you will have more options with Irie Insurance Benefits Connect. You have choices. Do you know who your group agent is? Do you meet annually to review benefits? Would you like to save money? Would you like more benefits? You have choices. We take a different approach to providing benefits through education, communication, and a personal touch. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Biofuels may become the largest use of soybean oil in the next few years, beating out the food, feed, other segment, and exports. That's according to an analysis from agricultural economics inside economist David Widmar. For 2022 to 2023, Widmar says biofuels are expected to account for 12 billion pounds of soybean oil usage. CHS Vice President of Refined Fuels Jason Schwantz says the growing interest in renewable diesel helps drive that. Soybean oil demand. The diesel fuel market is so large, it's going to take a big chunk of that. But I think we are seeing a run up in prices due to quite a bit of bean oil going into that space. World Perspective senior analyst Mike Kruger says the impact renewable diesel will have on the global vegetable and fats market will be a game changer. Vegetable oil consumption is expected to increase dramatically. In the next two to three to four years, according to some experts, is that we might. Uh, in, have to increase uh, consumption of vegetable oil by eight times just to satisfy renewable diesel. So what that will do is, you know, we crush soybeans for the meal, oil's a byproduct. Uh, all of a sudden, we're going to have to increase the crushing of soybeans because we're going to need the oil. We're going to consume virtually every excess drop of uh, vegetable oil on earth with renewable diesel in, in a very, very short period of time. So yes, that's going to change the, the dynamics of the oilseed industry, including sunflowers, canola, and the soybean. USDA knows there are a few hiccups in the implementation of the emergency relief program. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau says a few of the ERP hiccups will be addressed in the first phase with more details coming soon. Others will be addressed in the second phase of ERP for crop producers later this summer. The AGI-related issues, we're looking to the flexibility and the regs for that. Some of the tax-related issues, where the IRS is defining income. There might not be much we can do about what the IRS is doing, but we can have a conversation with them to see if there's some flexibility. We're going to work on that throughout the summer and see if we can come to some resolution. Ducheneau says prevent plant challenges are also going to be addressed. USDA distributed more than $4 billion so far to farmers across the country through ERP. USDA Undersecretary of Farm Production and Conservation Robert Bonney is thinking about ad hoc disaster relief big picture ahead of the upcoming farm bill. That need for flexibility I think is going to be an important conversation the farm bill because we're, we're walking into extreme weather that, that we really haven't seen before. Ducheneau and Bonnie attended the Midwest Ag Summit in Fargo earlier this week. With the city of Moscow in the backdrop, President Putin said Russia will strive to remain the world's largest wheat exporter. Putin also rejected claims Russia was blocking Ukrainian export business. The Russian people are being told Western sanctions are to blame for the rising food prices worldwide. With the ongoing problems with Russia and Ukraine, the global fertilizer supply is at risk. 
Mosaic Crop Nutrition Lead Tristan Byers says it's not too early to be visiting with crop input suppliers. And really identify what are their crop needs, nutrient needs, based on what their yield levels are, the number of acres that they have, and by looking at what their soil tests are to determine uh, do we need to, to build up to our you know, our optimum, our maintenance levels, or should we be uh, trying to utilize some of those nutrients to bridge the gap? USDA Deputy Ag Secretary Jewel Bernal is back from a trade trip to the United Kingdom that happened last week. Bernal says a big goal of the trip was to give a better impression of U.S. agriculture. There was a conversation just in passing from Secretary Eustace regarding whether we could come to some specific consideration on our animal welfare differences. Of course, uh, I indicated that, you know, we stand firmly about uh, by our animal welfare policies. However, you know, we're always willing to have a conversation. Bernas says there is hope last week's trip will lead to resuming formal trade talks with the United Kingdom. North Dakota-based Grand Farm will start breaking ground on a permanent location this fall in Castleton, North Dakota. Grand Farm Director Brian Carroll says they just closed on the 140 acres of land this week. Right now at our existing site, which is too small, 40 acres, we have about 320 projects. We expect to scale that to more and bring more partners out there and look for ways in which they can innovate. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Farming can be a frustrating business at times. Even when commodity prices are looking pretty good, a storm can roll through and ruin your ability to make a profit. Thankfully, you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Our insurance specialists will work with you to find the right coverage for your acres. To get started, turn to the experts in every field by contacting your local Egg Country office. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. Follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235. Brought to you by SRS Commodities, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, and BASF, your season-long pressure relief portfolio for growing dry beans. With a look at weather, this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. We're kicking off the month of July with some beautiful weather. Sunshine and highs in the 70s and 80s are expected. This weekend, isolated showers and storms may be possible. The National Weather Service says there is potential for hail and strong winds. North Dakota Egg Weather Network Director Daryl Richardson is expecting drying conditions to continue across the northern plains this summer. But I think a lot of people haven't quite realized yet is that much of North America is drying off. Um, even North Dakota. We've had a couple of severe thunderstorms and you know wetness, but about two-thirds of the state are going to finish June well below average, even in North Dakota. And that's happening elsewhere, too, and my summer forecast has been and continues to be that I think will dry, continue to dry off as we go through the course of the summer. So will the soil moisture applies plus what additional rain we get probably below average in most areas be sufficient to get the yields that we're actually wanting? Dryness and heat are a concern for an already late crop. I think the overall trend would be more areas than not will be probably July, August into September until we get to harvest, probably wondering, oh, I just wished I would have a little bit more rain this season and I would be doing much better. So I just think, again, probably dryness would be a concern. And I'm also wondering if we go through, especially the latter half of July into August, if we're not going to get a little bubble of heat over the core 
you know, plains, Midwestern part of the United States and dry off, say, during corn pollination, which would infect yields there, too. Rolla, North Dakota, farmer Doyle Lentz got most of his intended acres planted this year, but Lentz says crop maturity is all over the board. Uh, I think everything's kind of, it's kind of looking like it's, you know, like I said, it looks good. It's just three weeks late. Um, you know, the small grains, we should be seeing some barley hit, you know, here at 4th of July. And we're just not going to this year. You know, we just, there's there's guys still spraying small grains here. Um, I, I think uh, I think locally, you know, 90 is a really high figure, though, for them plant here. I know guys that are, you know, 40 and 50% planted probably. So there's going to be, going to be all over the board on that. We're definitely going to have a, PP is going to affect the area a lot. There's no doubt about that. Grand Forks-based custom combiner Kent Brothen's crew is waiting for wheat to ripen after wrapping up in Texas and Kansas. Drought impacted the crop in Texas. Yeah, Texas was really drought stressed. They, you know, they probably had an inch inch of rain during the whole growing season, and the wheat there was probably anywhere from 10 bushel to irrigated, probably made in the mid 30s. It was even so hot. I mean, even it was tough to irrigate down there. So that, that crop probably averaged. 17, 18 bushel down there. Test weight was decent. It was still 60 pound wheat. The smell of alfalfa and grass haze in the air. The first cutting is down for most forage producers. Timely rains helped forages and pasture lands grow extremely well this year. North Dakota State University Extension Forage Production Specialist James Rogers says western North Dakota's pastures are a stark contrast to last year's drought-ridden forages. Well, around the Minot area, they're looking really good. A lot of the cool-season perennials, like our brome grass, has, has matured and headed out, but there's good volume with that, it, it appears like. Uh, cattle are out. Cattle are in good condition. Things are good. Growing conditions continue to be favorable. Uh, we continue to get some timely rainfall events. A lot of alfalfa first cutting is either on the ground or just beginning to get harvested. So I think we'll see a lot of first cutting alfalfa go down in the next week. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Here's BASF Business Rep Madison Machado. Money in the bank. Endura fungicide controls white mold in dry beans, soybeans, and canola. White mold can reduce yields by 50%. For dry beans and soybeans, imply Endura midsummer when rows begin to close for the best white mold suppression on the market. For canola, apply Endura at 30% flowering. Apply Endura and put more money in the bank and more family time in the islands. For more information on Endura, please contact your local retailer. Always read and follow all label instructions. Be listening for the Sugar Bee Report Thursdays at 1235 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Each week, we'll talk with industry representatives, agronomists, and extension specialists to get the latest update on the sugar beet crop. The Sugar Beet Report, Thursdays at 1235. Brought to you by Amity Technology, Regev from Summit Agro, H&S Manufacturing, and Sess Vanderhoff. The Red River Farm Network, we're reporting agriculture's business.